The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. to episode 136 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. The Sources Say podcast is presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations that is on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm fantastic. I uh, feel like I know way too much about Georgia basketball. I know. So you texted me last night and you said, "Hey, let's record. I want to. I want to uh, break down some break down the Georgia Bulldogs before the game. I want to do a preview." And I'm like, "We haven't done many previews this season yet, but you know what? If you're getting hot pants to record one, I know our listeners are going to love it, and I'm sure that uh, they're going to." be very excited to I haven't I haven't told them I haven't gone on social media and said we're recording one at all so this is going to be a complete surprise to them as well so I hope our listeners enjoy this because Sean has been up till the wee hours of the morning and studying film all day long trying to uh, uh, get get this Georgia Bulldog team down pat so Sean let her rip what do you know Uh, well uh, all I can say is I better get the uh, the meme that says wake up babe new episode of sources say podcast (laughs) (laughs) But no, this is uh, this is a team coming in. You know, Jeff Goodman put out the tweet the other night that they were the lowest Power Five conference team in the net. That is no longer the case, but they're close. Missouri is actually at two forty one now, uh, but Kentucky or Georgia is at two thirty five in the net. So it, it's a quad four opportunity for Kentucky, and it's it's one of those games, Jack, that if Kentucky loses, it just shows up as a stain on your resume all the way through Selection Sunday, kind of like that uh, Evansville loss mm-hmm. a few years ago. But if it's one that you win, it doesn't do a lot for you, but you just can't lose it. I don't I don't think Kentucky is going to lose this game. Uh, this is a team that is just, uh, just battered with injuries. Their only starter from last season, P.J. Horn, out for the year. And then Jalen Ingram, their leading rebounder, has been out the last four weeks. So that, that means that their leading rebounder now is Braylon Bridges at 5.9 rebounds per game. I think Oscar Sheboy could have a very, very big night on the glass tomorrow night. And I know that probably not a shocker, but I'm I'm talking 17 to 20 rebounds again. Goodness gracious. Yeah, so Georgia is seen as that team in the SEC right now. It's kind of the bottom of the barrel, uh, you know, absolutely atrocious on both ends, really don't bring a lot, a lot of uh, 
uh, of pushback for you. Why is that, and, and what what is making them so bad, uh, and, and why fans should be so optimistic going into this one? I think the injuries uh, is is one of the biggest reasons why that that they've struggled the way that they have. They had a four game losing streak earlier in the year. They're in the midst of a three game losing streak now, but did play very well against Texas A and M in their SEC opener Tuesday night. Lost by two points and. They've done a lot of shuffling. We, we saw what Kentucky was without Xavier Wheeler the other night and then tie tied down the stretch. So imagine taking out two of your better players and then having to kind of figure it out on the fly. I think that's what Georgia had to do. They they have a very experienced point guard in Aaron Cook who plays 80% of the minutes at point. He has a Final Four experience. Uh, played 103 games at Southern Illinois. Played 30 at Gonzaga. Uh, so this is a guy that's played 150, going to play 160 college basketball games before it's all said and done. The sixth best assist rate in college basketball at 41.9. For comparison, Xavier Wheeler 16th at 37.7. Uh, I told you a statistic on the phone a minute ago, uh, something to watch for is their two-guard, who's a walk-on. Uh, Jackson Etter, six-foot-four junior, he's, he's taken 12 charges this year. <laughs> he's taken 20 in 25 games. So let's just say that Xavier Wheeler does not play. You can't let Etter get set up and take a charge or two on you and, and get your guards in foul trouble when you're already thin at that position. Well, you bring up a great point, and that's kind of uh, where, where we need to transition anyway because Xavier Wheeler is very much up in the air. We talked to John Calipari earlier today and got uh, a little bit of an official update. So we first heard from Oscar Shibway, who kind of let the cat out of the bag and said that, you know, thank goodness that everything's okay with Xavier Wheeler. Uh, uh, somebody asked him about, you know, is it your responsibility to call out the screen there uh, when, when he ran into Efton Reed and, against LSU and what took him out of the game? Uh, somebody asked him about if, if that was his call. And he said, yeah, that's totally my bad. It's, uh, you know, I feel really bad about it. Uh, I, I did call out the screen, but I do need to be louder with it. It was a, it was a packed arena. It was loud. Uh, it was, it, but it was still my fault. I need to be better at that. And then he ended it by saying, thank goodness he's okay. Uh, or else, you know, we could be in a lot of trouble or something to that effect. So he kind of let the cat out of the bag that Savir might be, Okay, and then John Calipari followed it up by saying that he is day to day with the neck injury, but did add that Xavier wants to play against his former team uh, in Georgia. So, uh, but said that he that he remains up in there. He said he was not going to practice on Friday, which is which is today. So this afternoon he was not going to practice, and then kind of just see how it goes, play by ear for tomorrow. So uh, you you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what is that kind of? Uh, make or break with with Xavier Wheeler both being in what does he add to this team and what can he do against this Georgia team and what would he be missing uh, if if he is unable to go I mean it's it's a big loss if you if you can't have Xavier you, you saw it Tuesday night against LSU but I, I still think is if you have a healthy Tata Washington you'll be okay in this matchup I, I think if Tata were healthy down the stretch in Baton Rouge Kentucky's two and zero in league play instead of one and one so it would but it, it just shoulders more load on your backcourt when you don't have your lead guard back there. Foul trouble becomes a problem. Uh, if Sabir can go, I mean, obviously you want him to be 100% because you would like to think Kentucky can handle Georgia without him, but then there's four quad one opportunities that follow Georgia that you want him to be ready for. Uh, but Georgia, you're going back one more note on them. They, they This is their first game away from Athens, Jack, since November 23rd. First game in 46 days away from home. And coming to Rupp Arena is probably not the place you want to come uh, to the first time when you're when you're coming away from home for or going away from home for the first time in 46 days. Uh, 4,782 points scored 
at different schools by Georgia's roster. So we made a big Jeez. deal about Kentucky's transfer portal. Uh, compared to usage and production, that was that was eighth and Georgia's first. So this is a roster with a lot of new faces. The injury bugs got them six different starting lineups this year. Uh, I think they've only had their full roster for six of those 14 games due to injuries or illness and COVID protocols and all that. Uh, it, it's a team that they don't shoot the ball well from three, I think 31%, but they have nine games where they've taken 20 or more, and they have eight games where they've hit seven or more. So that, that's an area to watch for tomorrow night. And if Georgia's going to pull an upset and rupper in, it would be because Kentucky's cold and they're hot. Yeah, they average 70.6 points per game on 44.2% shooting overall, 31% from three, and 71% from the free throw line. Sean, you bring up new faces. Kentucky has one of its own, and we got a full full length. I mean, I, I transcribed the whole thing and it ended up being about a 1,000 words from John Calipari, Keon Brooks, and Oscar Sheway about Kentucky's newest addition, Shaden Sharp, who made his way to campus this week. Uh, he officially practiced with the team for the first time. He's doing individual workouts, getting into the strength and conditioning program, getting used to this Kentucky basketball program uh, for the first time. And John Calipari was asked about the possibility of uh, Shaden playing and kind of had some wishy-washy answers, Sean. it was He kind of would go back and forth because at first he said, you know, I, I have no – no reason to play him. There's no plan to play him whatsoever. Uh, it, it could be next year until we see him. I really don't want to give anybody the expectation that he's going to. Said things like he's he's a ways away before he's even able to play. Uh, and then said something to the effect of, I want to get him in shape. I want to make sure he's in shape first. Uh, and he's nowhere close to game shape right now. So he was kind of, he, he kind of would start off by saying, yeah, I really have no expectation he's going to play. Uh, but then Oscar said something to the effect of, uh, coach told us that there's a chance that he might play and we need to ex expect everything and anything. So that was kind of telling. And then uh, Cal did kind of bring up the possibility of, well, you know, you know how this season's going right now with injury and illness. And, you know, there could be a time that I might need him to say, hey, dude, I, I need to play seven minutes a game. But he he did uh, approach that possibility as something that could could open up down the road. Uh, so kind of wishy-washy. I want to get your your feeling on that. What did you think of how he kind of addressed the, the Shade and Sharp comments today? And what what's your current gut as of, uh, let's see the time, 6.44 p.m. on Friday night? Well, anytime you use the word but, you you can say one thing, but then you're thinking something else, right? And, and I yep. think today he said the plan all along is to not play him. And then he went but and then started talking about all those things that you just said. I think if he gets in there and he shows that he can do anything and that, that it, he's ready, he's in shape, he's run the floor, he's bought into a role, I think he plays at some point. And, and my thought is this. If he's good enough to help you win a basketball game, whether that be in February or in March, you, you use him. Absolutely use him. If, he's, if he helps you get to a, a further round in the NCAA tournament, you use him. You do not let that sit on your bench, especially if the kid's bought in himself. If he's bought in, I think that's the biggest the biggest deal. If he's not, then you don't play him. But if he wants to play and help, and he can, you play him. And I, I think you, at some point you'll see shape. Yeah. And the one thing that I didn't agree with with the way Cal – and I get you want to temper expectations because the last thing that you want is to say, oh, my gosh, man, this kid's good. This kid's the, this kid's the real deal. 
man, we're going to, we're going to do whatever it takes to get him out on the floor as soon as possible, because he's, he's the one he, he has what it takes. You don't want to set those expectations up for a kid that has just been here a couple of days. So I understand why you want to kind of reel things in and, and just kind of set the expectations. Now, uh, you, you know, kind of one of those uh, set your expectations low, uh, you know, prepare for, prepare for the, the worst, hope for the best type situation. I think that's what Cal's doing and I get it. But he did. He was asked. They said, you know, so what? What's the drawback, if any, of putting him in at the end of a blowout game? Say UK is beating Vandy on Tuesday night by 50 points in Knoxville. Why would you not put him in the game at the end of that? And he kind of got a little stubborn there and said something uh, along the lines of, "Well, if he's not ready, he's not ready, and I'm not going to put him in, no matter what the case is. If, if I don't care how much we're up by, I don't care what the game, you know, in-game situation is." I'm not putting him in if he's not ready yet. And I, that that is something I don't agree with because if, uh, say, Tuesday night, say you go down to Vandy and things go really well for the Cats and you're up by 20, what does it hurt to put him in for the last five minutes of the game, the last seven minutes of the game, uh, to, to kind of get his legs underneath and get just in the game, you know, get his feet wet, just just know what the the, the pace of this game is and know what it's like to play in a college game. Because if you do need him for, oh, I don't know, 20 to 25 minutes in March, the, you don't want to just throw him in with a Sharks then. So why, why would you not ease him in if you do have a plan of playing him? Why would you not ease him in now? So I guess that's the thing that I disagree with, Sean, is that, uh, that he seemed pretty adamant that, no, he, he's only going to get in as soon as he's ready, until he's up to game shape, until he's, he's ready. Like, you're telling me right now Shaden can come in and give, give you five minutes. That's something that, that I do disagree with. And I, I think that uh, if the situation called for it, I do think that there is a, a spot on this, uh, in, not in the rotation, but on the floor for Shaden uh, right away. I believe he'll be eligible starting in that, that Vandy game next week. So uh, that, that is the one thing I do disagree with, Sean. Yeah, I, I do too. Because, like I said, if if you can if he can help you, you make sure you use him in any spot. If if he's gonna take up a scholarship on the roster, he's on campus. If he looks good, if he's healthy and in shape, you, you give him an opportunity. And and Kentucky could have some could have some league games where they can kind of run away with. There's gonna have they're gonna have dog fights that are gonna be tight games, but they should have those one or two or three maybe that they kind of coast to a victory in, and those would be the perfect opportunity. Uh, I'm of the belief if you don't see him by February, you won't see him at all. I think if you're going to see him, you're going to see him late January, maybe first week of February. If it gets into middle of February, I don't think he plays at all this year. But I think that at some point, if Shaden's good enough, he will find a way to to make an appearance at some point. Yeah, I think that is a great sweet spot and definitely something that fans should keep a close eye on in terms of a timeline. All right, let's. Uh, we, we wanted this to be just kind of a quick, little preview podcast, get it out there to give you guys something to listen to in the hours leading up to uh, t- tomorrow night's game. If you want to listen to it late tonight, early tomorrow morning, throughout the afternoon leading up to the pregame shows, all that stuff. So uh, we wanted to make this quick, but I did want to get out of here with one last topic. We both watched Sky Clark, future Kentucky Wildcat, UK signee for the class of 2022. He makes his highly anticipated return to the high school floor, Sean. He hasn't played a high school basketball game since last January. He opted out uh, last January due to COVID, uh, kind of ended his junior year quickly. And then, uh, you know, mid-summer-ish July, he goes down with a torn ACL, undergoes uh, an ACL uh, surgery, 
And then, Sean, six months later, he makes his return to high school basketball for Montverde, and he does so against the number two team in the country. He's playing at the Laporte Invitational uh, up in, uh, in Indiana. And, and I'm just sitting there thinking, we both watched him play, and, you know, he clearly had some rust on him. He did, wasn't hitting shots the way that he's used to hitting. But six months removed from major, major knee surgery, Sean, and I think Sky looked pretty darn good. The biggest takeaway that I thought was he was moving well. Yeah. Like, couldn't even really tell that there had been that injury there. Like, you mentioned some of the rust and timing things on his shot. But as far as his movement and his lateral movement, I, I thought he looked great. I mean, he, he got up off the floor for a block. Uh, I, I think that he, he looked very good. Yeah. And uh, tonight he played a, another game, his second game back. They're going – it's a three-day tournament uh, invitational type deal. So, it's a – round robin style they're all kind of playing each other uh, in this event and he got this shot to start falling i, I saw him uh, i was kind of working while i was watching the game so i don't have the numbers in front of me it, it, the game just ended right before we started recording uh, but i saw him he knocked down a shot he uh you know was dishing and and you know getting some assist numbers up he got a, a nice steal uh making some plays in transition i think he had a mid-range shot fall as well so uh I, i'm telling you I was, I, I got to admit, I was a little bit cautious and a little bit concerned with him coming back so quickly. You know, I've been in close contact with him and, and his family, his dad in particular. Uh, we talk a good amount. Great, great dude. Uh, he's kind of been up, updating me on this process about Sky's return, how uh, well he's been doing, how the rehab process has gone, how the doctors are just going, this is unbelievable. He, the, the progress that he's made, how quickly he's been able to do it uh, in the, the past several months has just been unreal. Uh, said it's it's a case that we've never seen anything like it is what the doctors were saying. So there's always a little bit of hesitance and some caution with things like that because it's the doctor just trying to hype up uh, hype up the kid and say, uh, you know, my surgery was the best I've ever seen and and you know make everybody remember that he was the one that had the historic uh, surgery that 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 fixed Sky Clark and little things like that. You know, is it one of those or is this kid really okay? So I was a little bit cu curious and a little nervous going into his first matchup, but man, he looked smooth, uh, really running the floor well, playing tight defense. You know, obvious rust. You know, laid on uh, some closeouts and got beat. You know, transition and, and uh, baseline things like that. Those those things are to be expected. Uh, but I mean, really, really a, a great performance for given where he is and in, in his recovery. I mean. He was playing on a minute restriction to open his open his uh, his season. Sixteen to twenty minutes is what they wanted to give him. He ended up playing twenty two, uh, and then again tonight, I think he ended up playing a lot more than 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 even that. So, just tip of the cap to Sky. It's really cool seeing his progress, and and uh, he he definitely looked the part tonight. And he plays again tomorrow. It'll be another high profile matchup for him on Saturday. So that'll give you guys something to watch uh, before the UK game as well. So. Uh, a lot of fun stuff coming. We have a, a fun game tomorrow night, and then you can also pay attention to Sky Clark and Chris Livingston's in that event as well. As well, Sean, he's playing uh, pretty terrific basketball, so uh, plenty to be excited about. Yeah, there is, and uh, a couple more notes on Georgia as we wrap up here. Uh, I went through the first three or first two players. They're they're most athletic players. The Cario Akendo, I think that's how you say his name. That's by far their best athlete, Jack. Uh, been on Sports Center top ten two or three times this year. Twelve point two points per game. Uh, he, he's a willing three point shooter, but not a great three point shooter. Eleven of fifty on the year, so he'll take home. Noah Bowman or Bowman is actually 
probably their best player right now. His statistical numbers on the season aren't the best, but the last three games scored 25, 11, and 19. 19 of 35 from three in the last five, 46% three-point shooter. Uh, that's going to be a matchup for a Keon Brooks or a Jacob Toppin. That's one to watch. And then Braylon Bridges inside. Uh, Ten double-figure games this year out of 14, two nine-point games. Probably their most consistent guy. Uh, but it's it's a team that I think Kentucky will win as long as they come out and, and match energy. They're they're going to be okay. Yeah, I definitely uh, got to keep a close eye on it. We'll we'll be back to talk about it afterward. We'll do our typical post game uh, as we have been doing and break down whatever's going on in the world of UK athletics. It's what we're we're best at and what we love doing. We appreciate our listeners as well. Let's get out of here. One quick note from our friends. At Prize Picks, the NBA season is well underway, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers, whether you are a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games. Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four or five predictions correct. You can have picks across sports as well with NFL playoffs quickly approaching. Add in some of those players to your picks with their over under projected receiving, rushing, or passing yards. Download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com and sign up using promo code Pilgrim. It's P I L G R I M to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that's Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the promo code Pilgrim to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky stars to the next level. Sean, let's get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter as well, at JackPilgrimKSR. Uh, reach out to me via email as well at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, thanks again to Justice Dental. Great, great partnership we have with them. We really appreciate them as always. We'll be back again after the Georgia game. We will see you soon. Hey.